This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Okay, uh, before I get too far into it, I have to make a correction from uh, the last show I did. I went on a tangent, did a little rant about uh, Mario Cuomo, the uh, late Mario Cuomo, who was the uh, governor of the state of New York. And he was featured in Ken Burns' documentary on baseball, Ken Burns' Baseball. And I had talked about how Cuomo struck me, at least in that documentary, as being very doleful and not very joyful and sucks the air out of the room every time he shows up in the documentary. So I thought, hmm. So I went on a little rant about him. And then he said something that I, I disagreed with. He talked about how America doesn't do community well. Uh, he, he, he said that, and I thought, well, that's bullshit. And uh, uh, I thought, you know, America does community just fine. But he said that, uh, he thought that uh, uh, when America does do community pretty well, it's usually during times of crisis. And I indicated that one of the times of crisis that, that uh, Cuomo, uh, uh, Governor Cuomo, had uh, brought up was uh, 9-11. Uh, that would not be true... Uh, because 9-11 hadn't happened yet. And since we both know, uh, we all know, there's no such thing as psychics, uh, there's there's no way he would have known 9-11 would happen. So why would he have... See, I made a mistake. That, would, that was my mistake. Which reminds me, uh, that brings me to uh, a Dimland Radio arg. There it is. Yeah. Uh, the, the phrase, my mistake, is the proper way of saying something. When you make a mistake, you say, my mistake. I'm sorry, my mistake. That's what adults who have a grasp of the English language uh, slightly higher than, let's say, you know, kindergarten. That was a loud truck. You know, my, my soundproofing just isn't quite working. Anyway. I suppose I didn't have to bring it to your attention. But anyway, you know, so if you if you get past the level of kindergarten, you should know that saying, my bad, instead of my mistake, is just, it's one of those things, it just, it just irritates me to no end. It really, really gets me. <laughs> um, I, I, it's just like grown men and women saying my bad instead of my mistake. Bad is not a noun. I suppose you can stretch and you say, uh, there is good in the world and there is bad in the world. Okay, but would you say it like that? Would you say there is good in the world and there is evil in the world? It's not necessarily... That's that's more the way people say something. And then evil becomes is a noun. Good can be a noun. Bad... Bad is an adjective. You know, my bad, my bad what? My bad breath, my bad attitude... My bad uncle? I don't know. It, it, see what I mean? So when, I, when an adult says my bad, I get really tempted. But I, but I hold it back. But I get really tempted and say, and when will we be attending kindergarten? So you can learn that the phrase is my mistake. You know, I'll give you till you're five or six. And then you should start to figure it out. Uh, unless, unless you're an adult who didn't speak English to begin with. 
and you're learning English, then I can understand how you would make that mistake. So that's uh, that's just my Dimland Radio little arg, and let's let's play that sounder. Oh, I just like that thing so much. <laughs> it's just so good. Uh, anyway, I have a most ridiculous item that took place in the last couple of weeks since uh, the last time I talked to you guys. Uh, those of you who are new to Dimland Radio, because it's new, uh, newly available on iTunes, and uh, if you haven't subscribed, please do. If you like the show, please give me a good review and a good rating on the uh, on the iTunes. That'd be great. Uh, I did just pick up my first international listener. Uh, it's a Facebook friend of mine who I got to know well better through Facebook, but first came in contact with him through the Stuck in the Eighties podcast. Uh, he was he's a regular listener and did something you know we just you know, started chatting on, on Facebook, and uh, he's really cool. His name is Stephen, and he lives in Scotland, and he's a really cool guy. And uh, we've, we've had our little chats about stuff and, and, and interesting things. And so um, I, I asked him, I said, have you have you subscribed? Because I was looking at the, the where my the downloads are coming from, and it's all America so far. So I, I, the Dimland Radio isn't international quite yet, although it has been listened to by... You know, according to the server for ZTalk, it does show up. There's some, you know, sometimes uh, uh, somebody is listening in Germany or in the UK or something like that. But so I said, you could be. I said to Stephen, you could be my first, you know, foreign listener. Some, you know, it, you could make Dimland Radio international. So so far, I've had 52 downloads of the three things that are available: two shows and one that little primer thing that I did. But two shows. Uh, this is the 303rd show that I've done of Dimland Radio, but the third full show that will be available on iTunes. If you are an iTunes listener and you're interested in hearing any of those other 300, most of them are available at ztalkradio.com. Most of them are. And when, as long as I'm doing this, I'll do a little housekeeping. Uh, I um, was... It's, I'm new to doing this posting stuff on iTunes. And... When the show, Dimland Radio, uh, plays on ztalkradio.com at 11 p.m. Central on Saturday nights, I'm available in the chat room. So if you've got nothing better to do on Saturday night, and really, what is there to do on Saturday nights? Better than listening to me ramble on for an hour. Uh, if you want, just come over to ztalkradio.com and go into the listen and chat option, and there, there I'll be. You can listen to it, and you can chat with me. I'll be there. And uh, so that's kind of cool. You know, but um, the way I was doing things, I would I would have this show available on iTunes before it even plays on Saturday. So one of my friends was uh, in the chat room uh, uh, the last time uh, the show aired, and he said, "You know, I've already got your show in, yeah, you know, in the iTunes. What would be the point of showing up on Saturdays if you want? You know, so he he was telling me if you want people to show up on Saturdays, he." Give them a reason to. You know, you can get to hear this. You can hear this. I would think that talking to me in the chat room would be enough. But you know, they get the early listen of the of the program. Um, but you know, so what I'm going to do then, from now on, as soon as I'm done, as soon as the show has aired on Saturdays, right afterward, then I will drop the uh, drop it onto iTunes. So there you go. So it'll show up way early on a Saturday, Sunday morning or just after midnight on a Saturday night, central time. Okay, wherever you are, you can figure that out, uh, whatever your time zone is. All right, so we had a ridiculous thing happen a couple of weeks ago. Uh, those of you who are new to Dimland Radio, um, I'm uh, not only am I uh, a skeptic and an atheist and a host of this podcast and a blogger, but uh, to make money... I work for a janitorial service. I'm their office manager, but I also do a little bit of supervision, and I clean a couple of places a couple nights a week. I work some a little bit of part-time for a comic book store in Minneapolis called Nostalgia Zone. I blog for them on a blog site called uh, Warehouse Find. I'll link to all this stuff in the show notes so you can check it out, and you can find my show notes at dimland.com. Go to the blog option, you'll find the show notes. So those are the things that I'm up to. But to make a living, to earn... 
money to pay for this palatial estate that we have and to uh, put food in the kid's, kid's belly and clothes on his back and, and as well as my wife's. Um, I do the gender stuff. And it's not always the most thankful job. You know, customers usually, you don't hear from them unless they're complaining about something. And hopefully we do our job well enough that uh, any complaints we get are fairly minor. And there's, there's, we have a customer where we do two buildings for them. And uh, they, at each building, we uh, have provided them with a, with a log book. So if they have any messages for our cleaners, they can write it in the log book and set it out on the reception desk so the cleaner can take a look and see what they're asking to be done or whatever it is that they have in there for them. And then they can sign it off and take care of whatever it was they, they, they wanted them to do. One of our cleaners for one of these buildings has been off for a couple of weeks. And the supervisor or myself, uh, we've been filling in. And the supervisor has been filling in mostly. And on the 21st, the evening of the 21st, he went in to do his cleaning and the logbook was out. And there was a note in the logbook. And he made a copy of it and he put it on my desk and with a note saying, uh, uh, how, how, what do, how do we deal with this? And this is, this is really, really ridiculous. And I want to just read to you this note. Now remember, we're a janitorial service. What we do is, you know, we go in, we empty the trash, we vacuum carpet, we mop the floors, we clean the bathrooms, we dust. That's the kind of stuff we do. And this note was left in the logbook. Dear Cleaner. That's nice. <laughs> Dear Cleaner. Once in a while, we, and this is in parentheses, hide, throw things in our trash that we don't actually want thrown away, and again in parentheses, just hidden, we hide our coffee mugs in our trash. Yesterday I placed my coffee ceramic tumbler in my trash and it was gone. Can you please set things on our desk if you think we really don't want it thrown away with a note, please and thanks. I'm going to read that last little bit again, just so you can absorb that. Can you please set things on our desk if you think we don't really want it thrown away with a note? I guess the note would be asking them, do you really want to throw this away? Now, hopefully you're reacting the way people have reacted when I've mentioned this to them uh, since we've received this note, and that you're saying, huh? <laughs> Again, as I said before about Mario Cuomo not being psychic and realizing 9-11 was going to happen, we don't have psychics working for us in the janitorial business uh, because there are no such things as psychics. Nobody can read the future. You know, it's, just, it's just not possible. And, and we're not mind readers either. Uh, and, and so here's this note. They want, they want our cleaner to put things on their desks if we, th if he thinks or she thinks that the customer doesn't want that thrown away, how, how, how is how is that even going to be plausible? Had I been filling in that night, and there was a coffee mug in the trash, I might have thought it was unusual, but I would have thrown it away. It's in the trash. In the trash, out it goes. It's in the trash. You know, there's a trash can under her desk. And she plops the thing into the trash can. That's trash. Out it goes. There is a gray area. If something is setting across the top of a trash can, because sometimes they, a customer will lose space on their desk and they just need this a little space, and they'll forget that they set it down on top of their trash can, then we have a little doubt. Is that trash? Don't throw it away. If you're in doubt, don't throw it out. So then we would set that on the desk. If it's a pad of paper or if it's something, then we would set that up. But if it's in the trash can... So I thought, if I saw this note, I would be really tempted to sign off it by saying, seriously? And <laughs> just leaving it at that. Uh, that probably wouldn't be very professional. Or I might have 
you know, she, she puts her name on here, so I wouldn't have been able to find whose office it was. Uh, and, and just put her tra- whole trash can on top of her desk with a note on it saying, are you sure you want to throw this stuff away? Could be a real smart ass. Again, that wouldn't be very professional. So what I, I did was I talked to the boss about this note, and I said, I, you know, and he was kind of, yeah, you know, he's, he's a, well, I don't want to get too deep into it, but he's, his initial reaction was, well, I'll just let it go. No, 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 no. We have to make it clear to these folks that if they put something in their trash can, it had better be trash because it's going to get thrown away. We cannot expect our, our cleaners to be trying to figure it out. So as ridiculous as this seems, and it does seem ridiculous, doesn't it? It's, it's not that bad. Yeah, now I'm going to ruin the story. It was great at that point, but now I'm going to ruin it because I called the customer and I left a message with the, uh, the manager. Not the same person who wrote the note, just the manager. I, I left a note, uh, message with that person just saying, you know, we've got to talk about this note. Uh, it's uh, we've got to talk about it. So please give me a call when you can. Well, the manager had the person who wrote the note call me, so she could explain exactly to me what was going on and everything. And she she did. She called and she had, she admitted, you know, it was kind of a rambling note. And yeah, it you know, we don't blame the cleaner. It, we understand. You know, she was letting me know she understands that. But see, she was explaining to me why she put her coffee mug in the trash. And the reason she did that, the boss, the owner of these of these these two businesses, these two places, the owner, whenever he or his son or daughter show up at this at this building, everybody hides whatever beverages they have on their desks because the rule is you can't have a cup of coffee, cup of tea, can of pop, bottle of water. You can't have any of that on your desk. And I, and she's telling me that, and I'm thinking, I, my my seriously comment came up again in my head. Seriously, really? There are people that do this. What kind of a what kind of a management style is that? But I guess it's kind of old school, where the boss wants to be feared, thinking that fear means respect. And so you know, she explained to me. She says. I've got no. She says I'm. I'm basically a pig. She says my drawers are just filled with stuff in my desk, so I don't really have anywhere to put it. So I put it in the trash. And apparently this has happened before. But the cleaner found out that uh, he threw something away of hers that shouldn't have been thrown away. So he went and got her something new. You know, it was a, it was a coffee mug or it was a little something that you know a, she had thrown into the trash. And when he found you know he replaced it, he actually replaced it with something nicer. And so she was very appreciative of that. So we had a discussion. So, so now I'm sympathetic to her because I said, "Really? He really doesn't want? He doesn't let you? No, no, he, he doesn't. Really?" And then and 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 she said, "You know what I'm going to do from now on, though? I'm just going to leave it on my desk. If they fire me, they fire me." And I and I did reiterate with her though. I said, "Well, we do. You do have to know if it's in the trash. We can't expect our people to." figure out that it's not trash it's trash if it's inside there and then i went over some of the policies with the the, the supervisor and the cleaner just to kind of settle that but now the cleaner at least knows if a coffee mug shows up in the trash in her trash especially set it on her desk but really i mean oh man that was so ridiculous but then again it turns out to be not quite so bad uh, you know what else isn't quite so bad? Am I getting to take a break? You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I shall return after this break. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. 
Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Dr. Dim might even have a guest or two. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Okay, I have something here. It's it's an EVP. I'm telling you, it's really something. Um, I need to call it up. I got to tell you, this is uh, really shaking me. I need to play it for you. And uh, well, I won't. Uh, I won't prejudice your mind as to what you're going to hear. I won't prime the pump. Just have a listen. Get out! Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I, I, I think that was clear as day. I heard... Well, I don't understand it, but it's, I heard bread trout. Clear as day. Creepy. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. If you don't clean up your room, the Board of Health is going to condemn it. The Board of Health doesn't even know about your room. What's more, they don't care. You know, if you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Not unless you're someplace really, really cold. Actually, a lot of the warnings moms hand out are a bit exaggerated. If you don't get your blood pressure checked, you could have high blood pressure, not even know it, and you could die from a stroke. But she's right about that one. Fact is, high blood pressure contributes to 200,000 American deaths each year. And a third of those who have high blood pressure don't know it. If they did, it'd be simple to treat. Call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit AmericanHeart.org on the web to learn more. Better still, ask your doctor to check your blood pressure. If you run with those scissors... It's the least you can do. <laughs> We're scaring up a good time on your favorite radio station. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. <laughs> How many times have you woken up and prayed for the rain? Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay, uh, I'm on iTunes now, so I have new audience members. And what you will find about this show is it is, it is uh, rather self-indulgent. So I hope you don't mind, but I do talk about things that happen to me and, and my take on things. And that's kind of what my show is, my take on things. So I hope you don't mind. Um... And so I wanted to tell you uh, uh, about this a little bit. There's another thing that I do. Uh, I'm an artist, a uh, cartoonist, and an il- uh, illustrator, and I do portraits. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty good. Uh, there's some things I'm a little better at than others, but, uh, you know, I'm pretty good. And um, I get together with, and I'm a skeptic, and I get together with the Minnesota skeptics at, uh, you know, kind of a drinking skeptically kind of thing. Uh, it's a meetup that takes place every month, the second Thursday of the month, and we first we meet at this little deli, and people have something to eat if they want, or a couple of beers or whatever they want, and then uh, at about eight o'clock we mosey down a block and a half to another. There's a bar that's down the way, and then we'll congregate there and and uh, you know, exchange skeptical stories or just just catch up with each other, see how we're doing. It doesn't necessarily have to be skeptical talk. It's it, some of it comes up and. And if we're lucky, we get some new people come in. I've been attending since March of this year. Uh, finally started going. I don't know why it took me so long to finally start going. I was 
uh, you know, I'm a member of the Minnesota Skeptics group on Facebook, and I would see that they're having meetups, and it just, you know, I just, I don't know. But Thursday night happens to be one of the few nights, one of two nights a week that I don't actually work, and I thought, well, okay, let's see if I can do this. And I do, and I'm glad I do, because they're pretty decent and interesting folks, and you have fun conversation, and they're, they're very nice and welcoming and, you know, decent people. And one of the guys that uh, is an organizer sort of type member of the group, his name is Travis. I'm sure I've mentioned him before. And um, in October, was it October? It wasn't October. One of them. Uh, November. Oh, that was it. The November meetup. Because the October meetup I barely went to. That was happened to fall on the same day as my wife and I our uh, uh, wedding anniversary, but we stopped by after w what we did earlier in the evening. We stopped by for 10 minutes, Amy and I. Anyway, so in November, I was sitting, I was talking with Travis, and I was mentioning a, 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 a freelance project I was doing, a cartoon illustration that I do for a fraternity at the University of Minnesota. And I've done this work for these guys for the better part of something like 20 years. And it goes back to when I was working at the silk screening shop in Minneapolis, cold side silk screening. When I was working there, I was a staff artist, and I started doing things for them. And then they just kept having me do the work. Uh, I haven't done every year, but uh, most years. And uh, actually, the last couple of years, <laughs> had to chase them to get paid because it they, it seemed to be taking them a while, and <laughs> I haven't been paid yet <laughs> for this job. <sighs> you know, and I charge them. Not much, about half of what I should charge them. But uh, anyway. And so I'm discussing with uh, Travis this this design because it's filled with all kinds of debauchery. See, what they want me to do is uh, come up with a... It's sort of a Where's Waldo type illustration. Not in the same style, but it's just filled with characters and and that. And each each member of the fraternity has some sort of inside joke that they want illustrated so that they can... You know, they can laugh at it and say, oh, that's so-and-so, and oh, there's it, yeah, okay. So they do that, see? And there's, like I said, there's some debauchery going on. There's a little bit of sex that happens, and there's some, you know, people puking, and there's, you know, things of that nature, taking dumps and peeing on things or being peed on, and it's, it's you know, <laughs> college. <laughs> anyway, so they all have all these jokes in there that I they, they send me the spec sheet, I... I figure out how to illustrate each thing. So I ask him some questions if I need it. So I'm discussing this with Travis. And I don't know if I showed him the website. You know, Dimland.com also has my portfolio, my online portfolio. You can check that out and see the kind of stuff I do. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if I showed him at that point. I think I probably did give him the website so we could check it out. But uh, he had an idea. He says, you know, could what would it take? Or what would, it, would you charge me? I don't know exactly how he said it. And he, he gets a piece of paper and he starts sketching it out. It's just little blobs, little circles, little stick figures and things you know, on there. And he says, in the foreground, there's a cat. And the cat is holding a knife that's all bloody. And the cat has a tag around its neck that says Elvis. And in the background are two women. Uh, one is sitting in a high back wing type wing back chair you know that's got the wings the high back chair and the other one is 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 lying on one of those fainting couches and uh, in between them is a table that's been knocked over and there's two microphones on the floor and there's blood everywhere they're all bloody because the cat just you know slashed them up and then the cat is saying saying yeah i do want a, a cookie and, and so he's just he's doing all this, and he, he explains why it is. There's a podcast that he listens to that's called My Favorite Murder, and it's hosted by a couple of gals, and he likes the podcast. And at the end of each podcast, they ask their cat, Elvis, if he would like a cookie. And then they play the sound of a cat going, meow, kind of thing. So he thought it'd be funny you know, to do a cartoon of it and send it to him. So when he found out I could do it, he said, and so, so what would it take? And I just kind of went, nah, well, I'll see what I can do. So when the next meetup came along, I had I had done one. I'd done the illustration. I'll I'll link to it in the show notes or put it on the page or whatever. So I you know, I had it ready for him. I had it in an envelope and a little paper flap over it to give it a little protection over the illustration board. And it's nothing big. He said just black and white, nothing big, just so I did it. And I, I hand it to him and then I go and I you know, I 
he's sitting at one table talking with some people. I didn't want to interrupt his conversation, but I just put the envelope down in front of him. I said, there you go. And then I went and sat down uh, and talked with some other people. And he and I watch, I'm, I'm watching him, and he opens it up, and he looks at it, and he turns around, big beaming smile, thumbs up. That's great. And then we start showing it around and all that. And that's kind of cool. As an artist, you, it's nice to get some appreciation. And uh, <clears throat> we were moving from uh, the deli over to the other uh, location that we hang out at and Travis and I were talking and he's saying man you know it's stuff I've heard in the past I don't know how you do this I don't know how you could draw I can't draw a straight line it's this kind of stuff I, I couldn't I don't know how it's possible and then I kind of give him some of the answers that you know like that I've done in the past I said well you know sometimes I think how can you not do it you know, it's just like, I, I don't know, it's just something I can do. But really, the truth is, it's it's hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours over years and years of drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing. And I just happen to have whatever it is that gives you that little boost of talent and then dedicated myself to continue to draw over the years to get better and better at it. And it's just, that's just how it is. It's too bad I can't make a living at it. And anyway, so that's... Travis had that, and and I bring this up not just to stroke my own ego, but I bring it up because just a few days later, on Facebook, Travis posted not the cartoon, but he posted an, a, a photograph that was sent to him by his sister-in-law. Now Travis is a carpenter and a woodworker, and he does, he has his own business doing woodworking and carpentry, and uh, and I guess he's pretty good, <laughs> and from what I've seen of his stuff. Looks like he's pretty good, and he he uh, this is an example of a small world kind of thing because his sister-in-law sent him an image of uh, something that she was hoping to get made for her house that uh, something she sp uh, a photograph she spotted on Pinterest, and what it is is it's, it's a it's a below-the-counter cabinet for a kitchen that uh, it's for for dog food, you know, it's so that the cabinet door it's just uh, white with nice trim or molding or I'm not even sure what you would call it and uh, a big black uh, painted dog paw print in the middle of the of the cabinet door and below that which was what looks like it's a drawer you pull it open and it's a it's a it's a two dog bowls you know one for water one for food and you can pull it out and I'm sure it locks into place and then you can you know push it back in and so she sent him that picture, and she asked if, you know, can you make something like this? And he sent her back the message, and then he posted this on Facebook. And he says, not only, I sent her back the message saying, not only can I make something like that, I did make that. So, small world. She spots an image that somebody shared of his work. And I don't think he shared it. I think it was, you know, somebody else shared it. And then she sends that on to him. And... You know, so that's neat, that small world. Well, this gave me a little opportunity to do something that I w was very uh, uh, quick to take advantage of. In the comment thread that on Travis's Facebook page where he had the photograph and he gave, told the story, uh, I just simply put in there a comment saying, you know how you felt when you were looking at my drawings? I said, that's exactly what I feel when I look at your work, his woodworking. It's, it's like, I, I wouldn't have the first clue as to what to do to do what he does. But, for, you know, he worked for hours and hours and hours and hours over years and years to hone his skills to be able to do this work. He put in all that time and he, has, and he must have had just that little something, and I don't know what it is, just that little something that's in us that starts us off. You know, it, when it comes to drawing, I mean, I'm from a, a family with four kids, and my older brother, my younger brother, and my sister, and we all drew as kids. Every all kids draw, but some of us just keep going. There's just something, and some of us, even at an early age, there's like there's a little. There, it's they do a better job of of hand hand eye coordination. Looking at if you're copying a photograph or copying a drawing, you know the 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 eyes in this drawing go like this, and so the lines in the eyes in the drawing go like this, and that's how I can draw. You know, there's maybe there's a little something. I'm not sure what it is. I'm, I I don't know if there's any studies that would say that people that can draw had a little something in their brains that just made them able to they gave them that leg up. My younger brother was a pretty good drawer. It's just. 
He didn't. He didn't. He didn't stick with it as long as I did. And I. I don't. I'm, I think he does some drawing here and there now and again. And as I recall, he was. He was pretty good. You know, especially at the age that we were, he wasn't bad. And uh, you know, that's something I just kept doing. So it was great to be able to look at something that Travis had done and 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 say to him what I said. That's exactly what I feel. Looking at the skill you have and knowing that I couldn't possibly approach anything like that. You know, it's the, you know, I can't even, I don't know, hammer in a nail. Well, I can, but <laughs> not after a lot. Yeah, not as well, I'm sure. So that was uh, uh that was that was nice to be able to do that because then it can, you can really illustrate to somebody like if you have a musician who's really good at playing something and they turn to you and say well, i don't know how you draw like that well you can say i don't know how you can play like that you know you do the same thing with them this is a skill that you have that is awesome and and obviously you you did a lot of work to get to where you are you didn't just pick it up and do it because you know we're not great when we first start we keep going, and and you know that's that's the that's the secret, uh, at least in, in part of it. That you know none of us are great when we start, but some of us just keep going. We don't get discouraged. We just keep keep at it. So anyway, keep at it. If you got something that you're pretty good at, keep at it. You'll get even better. That was one thing an artist told me once. Um, I was working for a multimedia company that, as a staff artist, and we were coming up with characters for children's activity books and for some video stuff and all that. And the investor money uh, dried up and lost the job. But um, there was an artist that we were consulting, an illustrator that's you know, pretty well established in the Twin Cities guy. And uh, there was a character that I created, and he was being shown them by the art director. He hadn't met me yet. And he pointed to that, and he says, there's your character, there's, there you go, right there. This, the, whoever did this has got something going here. And then uh, we, you know, I met him and I was showing him some stuff. And he said to me, you know, the one thing great about, you know, doing art like this and as long as you keep working on it, you just, you get better. You just get better. Um, I will say, though, there can be a plateau point. I mean, you get to a certain age, you know, shaky hands and stuff like that. I, you know, I'm a comic book fan. Uh, I haven't bought any comic books in quite a while, but um, but I do, I, I haven't collected like I used to. But when I did, I really studied the artists. I looked at their work. In fact, when I went to art school, I mentioned that to one of my, uh, my topo uh, topography teacher. Real tough, tough teacher. And I was having a little one-on-one -on -one meet with him and I was talking about some stuff and I mentioned I mentioned, you know, I study art and comic books and, you know, I wanted to do comic book drawing and that. He just went, he just leaned back in his chair and said, oh, it's music to my ears. And he looked at me and he said, that's, you know, yes, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear that you're looking at the other artists out there. You, you know their stuff. And you're, you know. In fact, at the beginning of the class, he was talking to us, you know, are you guys uh, illustrator majors, any of them in here? And he says, can you, do you know the illustrators that are in the field that are working? Do you know their work? Do you, you know, do you know your competition? Do you know it? And a lot of them were kind of like, well, it's just I don't. And I didn't even think about comic book artists. And, the, and But when I had that one-on-one -on -one with him, that's what he wanted wanted for us. You know, it's at least I know that with comic book artists. Oh, yeah, I know John Basima's stuff. I can recognize Jack Kirby in an instant. I can recognize, you know, Gil Kane and John Byrne and, and you know, and John Romita. I can recognize some of their stuff. Uh, most of them, I mean, just boom. I look at it, oh, yeah, that's it. Some of them are very recognizable. They have uh, styles that's really recognizable. But there's others that you have to do a little bit of a closer look. But then that's a certain era. That's not, uh, they're recent people for the last 20 years, because I haven't collected for, I haven't collected for at least, I don't know, 15 years. I probably would not know. <laughs> and, and it, you know, but I study the work. I see that they, it, they, they get better. I've looked at stuff when the new, when guys were new in their work. And, uh, you know, it's like, geez, some of these big guys, like one, one artist, his name is George Perez. He was, he's one of the premier guys, especially in the 80s and uh, uh, 70s and 80s. He was one of the premier artists in comic books, worked for Marvel. And when he first started working, though, he looked, his stuff looked pretty good. But then 
I look back at it now. I was early working. I think, well, yeah, you can see he was still kind of getting the craft down. And then he got to, you know, even better and better and better. And I haven't seen his more recent stuff. Uh, but what the most recent stuff that I did see, he's still pretty good. But some artists, they get to a point and it kind of slides. It, like they're hurrying it along or doing whatever. Uh, enough comic book artist stuff. Uh, talk. I need to uh, take my next break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I shall be back after this break. The ball. Everybody's talking, no one says a word. Everybody's making love, no one really cares. There's Nazis in the bathroom, just below the stairs. You're listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. On the go and missing another one of your favorite ZTalk shows? Now you don't have to. Simply go to the Google Play Store on your Android phone and download the ZTalk Radio app. The best part is, it's absolutely free. That's ZTalk Radio. Only found in your Google Play Store on your Android phone. Download it today. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Doubtful News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Doubtful News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? Listen to Z Talk Radio on ZTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Tim Dimland Radio, <laughs> not Timland Radio, Dimland Radio. Here in the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Boy, I have a full show tonight, and I'm not going to get to everything. So, what can I tell you? I'm going to get to stuff next week. Uh, part of my uh, skeptical act- activism on uh, Facebook is to sort of be a little bit of a gadfly to kind of like point out the other point of view or to you know to lay a little bit of uh, well facts on things and you, you, you know it's just something I do and hopefully I do it okay enough that I don't come off looking too much like a troll I'm not sure I'm always successful but I try to be respectful and I try not to you know, use ad hominem or anything like that. I just kind of stick to my argument and do that. There's been something I've been doing on Facebook uh, for a while now. Uh, are you guys aware of a show called Adam Ruins Everything? Adam is a fellow named Adam, Adam Conover. He's a comedian, a writer, actor, I guess. And uh, he started this out on uh, the College Humor website and has moved this into true tv whatever that is 
and he does this show called Adam Ruins Everything, and he looks at you know popular myths and ideas and gives you know the science about it, the facts about it, what what we know about it. Uh, he's I, I I have to tell you this that I guess just recently he came under some under fire, but when he did uh, Adam Ruins Electric Electric Cars and talking about where that electricity comes from. And he talks about, you know, if you're getting your electricity to charge your electric car from coal-powered plants, coal-burning power plants, you really aren't doing much for the environment. It's just, you know, it's not gas-fueling it and pumping the pollution out. It's, it's the power plant burning coal pumping the pollution out and the greenhouse gases and all that kind of stuff. So uh, he was taken to task on that because it's 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 not quite. <laughs> He's the, he used the word if if you're getting it from coal powered plants, you're probably not being as environmentally sound as you think you're being. Uh, the the thing is, it's a little more nuanced than that. It depends on what part of the country you're in. There are some states that get a, a good deal of their energy from coal. There are some states that don't get much at all from coal. Like California doesn't get a lot from coal. They get a lot more of their energy from renewables and from solar and wind and nuclear, I guess, and, and you know, which is good. Nuclear is good. It's good. It may not be the answer, but it's better than coal. It's better than, than oil. It's cleaner. Doesn't it doesn't give off greenhouse gases? Yes, I know what you're talking about the 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 spent nuclear fuel. What do we do with all that? But you know, really, we've made about as much as we're ever going to make. And uh, 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 only don't, don't get me down that rabbit trail. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll talk about that at some other time. Or I just I will. Or I won't. <laughs> anyway, um, so if you're in a state like I think like. Uh, Virginia gets a lot of its coal uh, electricity from coal. So in that area of the country, then yes, maybe your electric car isn't quite as environmentally sound as you think it is. Still. So there was that. So I wanted to address that because that was something that when I was doing some research for the show, I noticed, oh, wait a minute, uh, Adam Conover is being taken to task here. The, the Adam ruins everything is being taken to task on this little bit. But his one little mm, misrepresentation shouldn't mean that you, you shouldn't take his word for absolute fact. And the, the last word that there is, if, if, if you, you can still check things out. But there's one thing that his, his show does. They do give sources. If you watch his program, you watch his little, his bits. You can see on on on, uh, on on the internet on YouTube. They'll share little bits of the sh- of the shows, little segments. They'll put up there. You you watch them. You will see source uh, information pop up on the screen. Now, of course, you can't click on it because you're watching TV or even on the internet. It's you can't click on it. They don't have it quite like that. But if you pause it and you just read the source, you can go look for it. Okay, well, this is what I've been doing using Adam Ruins Everything. One particular segment. Every time I see somebody, a Facebook friend, someone on Facebook, share an image of some rich, fat cat, usually an American, posing with a dead, exotic animal, and that person posting that is... is, say, is, is just reveling in their disgust. Uh, just this is terrible. Trophy hunting is the worst thing in the world. The, you know, this, you know, the way they react to it, it's very emotional. It's very gut level. They do that, and every time I see that, I find the YouTube clip of Adam ruins everything, where he 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 tells you he lays some facts down on you about trophy hunting, and about how trophy hunting is actually, if it's managed properly, is actually benefiting the animals that are being hunted. Not the individual animals, the ones that's got that's been killed, but the species. When you when you charge rich people, usually Americans, lots of money, these countries in Africa that have these animals living in it, they will charge 
like a couple hundred thousand dollars, three hundred thousand dollars, they'll charge these rich folks a lot of money to go and hunt a rhinoceros or a lion or a leopard or whatever or a giraffe. They will, they will take that money, and the, and these rich people will go out and they'll get to get one of these animals. That money then goes to subsidize people who live, farmers who live in those countries, so that they will set aside land for the animals, so the animals don't lose habitat. And they will help protect the animals as well because they see them now. See, now this is this animal, these animals will make me money. So they will be more apt to protect the animals. Also, the money goes to, you know, uh, wildlife uh, preservation deputies or whatever they call these the fellows, the, the men and women who go out there to combat poaching. Because, you know, what disgusts me? Poaching disgusts me. A loss of habitat disgusts me. Images, images of rich people, with you know, with a le dead leopard draped across their shoulders or a, a, a dead giraffe, might be unpleasant and distasteful, but that doesn't disgust me. Images of marketplaces in in areas in Africa with rows upon rows of elephant tusks, that disgusts me. Dead rhinoceroses left wherever they fell by the poachers and their horns having been removed, that disgusts me. And that's the real danger. Poaching and loss of habitat, not trophy hunting. So it sounds counterintuitive, and this is that's the point that Adam makes in his deal. It's counterintuitive, but it's it's he does he does put the caveat in there. Well managed programs are putting money into these countries, into these areas, into the people's hands so that they can protect these animals and protect the lands so that the populations can go up. It worked with white rhinoceroses. They were down to something like uh, like 500 of them at, uh, at the beginning of the 20th century, and they're now up to something like 50,000. So it's, and they give these numbers, and they talk to people who are there involved in these programs. He talks, he talks to them in his piece. And they do it with a tongue-in-cheek, kind of some humor to it, and, and all that. And, you know, I don't understand the desire to hunt. But, yeah, I don't. But I don't think hunters are mentally ill. And somebody who was posting this suggested, you know, anybody who wants to kill animals is mentally ill. Well, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, it, it's, and so I've been posting this clip, this link into these comment threads and I, uh, incidentally a lot of these originate with Ricky Gervais because he's big in, in, in putting these at least he was a while ago and I think these are still floating around I don't know if he's still doing it but he would uh, do these anti-trophy hunting stuff I understand it's it's I understand the distastefulness it is that, that it will have for you if you don't like hunting I mean again I've never had the hunting bug it doesn't it doesn't I don't understand wanting to do it but you know, the guys who do it, the people who do it, I don't, you know, if they're paying for the permits, they're doing it legally, they're not, you know, they're not poaching, they're not going after animals they shouldn't be going after, what's the problem? And as long as the programs are managed properly so that, you know, that animals aren't being overhunted, overharvested, I mean, would you rather have... Uh, would you, would you, you know, the, why would you kill it? Uh, here, I'll use this example. When I was a kid, I would read X-Men comics. And uh, this, was, this was at the time, uh, it was mid to late 70s. And just prior to then, the X-Men title, which was one of the premier titles of Marvel Comics when Marvel brought the superhero genre back to life in the early 60s. And the X-Men was one of the first groups that uh, Stan Lee created along with... Um, with Jack Kirby. And so it was a long-running title, but it wasn't selling well. So Marvel decided to revamp it and get rid of most of the original characters. You just sent, and send them off to do something else and then bring in a bunch of new mutant characters. One of them was Wolverine. And Wolverine, at first, was just kind of an interesting character, but was beginning to kind of lose 
is his shine or whatever. He wasn't being used very much. And they brought him into this X-Men group. And he started to be... Uh, he, at, at first, he was just kind of eh, a little bit of an antagonist, but not too... Not, not quite as interesting as he got to be eventually. There was an artist and another writer that took over, and they started to really work on the Wolverine character. Now Wolverine is the star of the X-Men movies, which, by the way... <laughs> Uh, uh, this is something that uh, that uh, had uh, gotten me uh, a little uh, bothered by uh, with Wolverine in the movies. Here, it's time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? Well, it's a choice they made for the movies. Uh, the thing they got wrong is that uh, the Wolverine character in the comic books is short. He's five foot three inches tall in the comic books. Uh, Hugh Jackman, who plays Wolverine in the movies, is six foot two. He's eleven inches too tall. But I suppose. It's a choice for the movies. They don't make the costumes look exactly the same. They they change certain aspects about the character, maybe a little bit, blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, as I was saying, Wolverine has uh, heightened senses of smell and that he can track you know, the bad guys. He can, he can do that kind of stuff. And he also has a, a, a super fast healing properties and he can shoot these uh, claws out of his arm and, you know, out of his fists, you know, and, and uh, he's got a skeleton is laced with adamantium, which is this super powerful, strong metal thing. Okay. So that's the, you know, and he's, and uh, anyways, and uh, early on, in that run with the new characters of X-Men, Wolverine said to the other characters that, uh, you know, they had some downtime, and he said he was going to do some hunting. I'm not sure exactly how he put it. And Storm, if you know the characters, she's played by, she was played by uh, Halle Berry. <laughs> Halle Berry. <laughs> In the movies. Um, Storm got into Wolverine's face about how dare you want to kill deer, you know, because he said he was going to go out hunting deer. How dare you want to go out and kill deer? Blah, 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 blah. And then Wolverine should have said, would you rather them be hit by a car? How about, would you rather, you know, winter's coming, would you rather they starve? But no. <laughs> uh, Wolverine wasn't, didn't mean that kind of hunting. What he meant was he wanted to get up as close as he could and touch the deer so they wouldn't know he was there. He'd sneak up on him. You know, that's his idea of hunting the animal. So that was you know, an early thing that I just read about this kind of thing. So whenever I see somebody sharing this so disgusted about trophy hunting, I, I put in that Adam Ruins Everything clip about how trophy hunting actually benefits these endangered animals. Uh, I have yet to have anyone say... It, it, it say anything anywhere close to even just a oh yeah they just look past it I've had a couple people say agree uh huh see see guys but they look past it because they don't want to hear the argument they find it disgusting they don't want to do it well you don't want to do it don't do it but you want these animals to survive this is one of the ways that it can be done Sorry. Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. And I've successfully navigated another show to the end. I didn't get to half the things I wanted to talk about, so that means I got stuff to talk about next week. So, uh, be skeptical. Uh, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, don't just say it's going to be okay. Do what you can to make things okay. And uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio and the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. And Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you in 2017. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. And you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song 
Ram is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people. Well, well I'm, I'm going, going to hell. hell. My life, you're clever, Dim. He's certainly taken me in.